Starting and sustaining a business is hard. Whether you're just beginning or have been at it for a while and need a pick-me-up, you're about to get exactly what you need. Welcome to Go For It. Your host is Joe Hausman. Today, you'll hear stories from others on how to keep going and laugh while you learn. Here is your host, Joe Hausman. Hello and welcome to Go For It. This is Joe. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks so much for coming back this week, this month, this year. Oh my goodness, really? Almost going on four years for my show and I absolutely love it. Thank you for all the text messages, the phone calls, the emails. I appreciate each and every one of you. And for more information, you can always go to my website, johosman.com. And there, there is a free download for you for any time of our lives. It's called The Power of a Positive Mindset. Because remember, I am your go-for-it business strategist. I'm a best-selling author and speaker, and also I'm a real estate investor. And so helping you grow your business and life through the art of mentoring and coaching. And so what one thing I find when I'm doing that is life happens, right? Life happens no matter what's going on in the world and within your own personal life, maybe within your family, your friend's life. So that, that um, free download is called The Power of a Positive Mindset, The Seven Steps You Can Start Today to Have a Positive Mindset. So you can just go to johosman.com. And remember, I'm the female Joe, so that's just J-O. So johosman.com and put in your name and email, and that download is all yours. And so glad I get a lot of positive feedbacks on it, so I appreciate each and every one of you for downloading it. So today, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to bring on my guest. And this is something her and I have been talking about for, oh, at least a year, maybe a little bit over a year, because, you know, I'm somebody that's a little bit slower, has to, you know, process a lot of this information for a while. But she does um, mortgage notes. So her name is Tiffany Alexander, and her website is thankfulinvesting.com. And having begun her real estate career, investing career in 2006, Tiffany transacted on a myriad of different types of strategies, ranging from short sales and tax liens all the way up to flipping multifamily properties. Within this last decade, her focus, though, has shifted primarily to note, and that's N-O-T-E, note investing, including primarily buying as investments and brokering using specialized note investment strategies to increase gains for both herself and her clients. Tiffany has helped thousands of people in this space identify and eventually realize their investment goals through just some of these real estate and note investing strategies. And I'm excited to bring her on today because she is going to share so much of her wisdom and how she got started on this. And Tiffany Alexander, welcome to Go For It. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that I'm here. Oh, me too. Well, like I said, you know, we've been talking for quite a while. <laughs> and yeah. Tiffany is uh, very patient with me because we talk and then we won't talk for a while. And then I have to kind of re-ask her those same questions again. So just talk to us. Now, that gave us a little brief synopsis of, um, you know, how you got in or getting into this. But what drew you to note? Well, first of all, what drew you to real estate? Because it looks like you've done quite a bit of real estate, different things. But then what drew you to this mortgage note? And I like to say mortgage note just so people can understand, N-O-T-E, the investing part of that. You know what, it was one of those classic stories where you hear about you're up late at 2 in the morning and you see midnight TV and it was a real estate infomercial that, that sucked me in. I was like, I got to go to this. And it was coming to a hotel 
near where I lived in Orlando. And I was up that late because I was actually working at the airport at the time. And so I was 22 and I attended my very first real estate investment seminar. And that was really what was the launching pad because I really, I, I was raised up with a single mom and we lived apartment to apartment. So I never even envisioned I would have my own home, let alone buy multiple homes or help people out with that. So I, I came from dropping out of college, working at the airport to then <laughs> actually watching a, a seminar and I, I joined it. And from there, I took more and more and more courses and it evolved from what a lot of people are just trying to get their baby footsteps in, which is wholesaling, which is getting tougher and tougher right now. The more these TV shows just let you know, hey, if you have a little bit of money, you can go and buy a house, right? Buy low, sell high. And uh, I was able to go and surround myself with the right people. And I, and I tell people it wasn't me. It was the surrounding of my, my leaders, my mentors, the right trainings that I, I really had to decide where to go and grow in. And they pushed me outside of my comfort zone because I had no idea what I was doing. And then I had more influential people come to me. And it was really only, uh, gosh, I think a little over four years ago now, I bumped into a, a friend that introduced me to his friend and he said, hey, I'm a note investor. And I thought, man, I know a lot about real estate, been doing this for over a decade. What is note investing? Exactly what a lot of people ask me now because I, I'm now a note investor. And I ended up having that powerful conversation that led me to saying, you know what? He's right. It is actually a lot less work, less effort, and getting the same, if not better, returns. And I, uh, I started liquidating all my rental property and I stopped flipping houses, and now I just moved into the note space, and I help people move into the note space. So it is a, a little bit of a, I'm not sure if you would call it like a stepchild of the real estate family, but it's a whole other branch that I thought, oh, I would come into this just knowing everything about real estate, and I had to kind of start from scratch. And so I get to help people see what that is, jump in on that side, and uh, understand just the idiosyncrasies of notes and discounted notes for that matter. And that's how well, I got here. You know, you grabbed my attention right away because she, Tiffany, was referred to me from Leah Woodford, and uh, I said, "What, what, what are these notes? What, what's?" Because I've been a landlord and I still am a landlord, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting to say the least, but it's also rewarding too. But something that would be less headache is always um, good for me, <laughs> and yeah. would be really something that I'm highly interested in. So tell us more about what notes are. Tell us, you know, when somebody thinks of a mortgage note, you know, owning (laughs) mortgages myself, I know what a note is, but maybe some people don't. Maybe some people don't know what a mortgage note is. So tell us, talk to us about what they are and kind of how that all goes together. Sure. And really, whenever we use the word note, or I just like to take any example, really, so it's a set number of agreements for either like services or for, you know, a, a, an item, right? So like we can go walk up to a car dealership. We can say, hey, I want to buy this car. Well, they would write you a car note, right? Even, even you open your very own checkbook and you write up a check, that is a note saying this piece of paper is good for this money when it goes to get cashed. So whenever we create mortgage notes, these, they're, they're created a number of different ways, either privately, personally, you know, if you decide you want to carry back a loan on your own property and you want to be the bank for someone, or as you know, banks, banks create these loans, hedge funds create these loans, 
And I think my favorite way to realize that there's a, a note bartering system out there is, I, I mean, you may not have had it personally with you, but maybe you've heard of a friend where, hey, you're writing your mortgage payment out every month, right, every month, and then you get a letter in the mail from Wells Fargo that says, hey, Wells Fargo is not the owner of your loan anymore. Bank of America is. So keep making the exact same payment. You just don't make it to Wells Fargo now. You make it to Bank of America. Well, they sold your note at a discount to that other bank. And so what happens is this system of banks selling back and forth to banks, well, eventually these get packaged off and they get sold to smaller lending companies like a a Carrington mortgage buying company, for example. And then some of those get packaged even further off and they get sold off to hedge funds. And when we have deep enough pockets, like we're talking multi-millions at this point, like deca-millions, we actually can go buy portions of these tapes. And that's what it's called when you buy a bunch of notes all at the same time. They call it a tape. Okay. And okay. with that, yeah, so mm-hmm. with that, you actually get down to where you know someone like me where you can buy one at a time because we don't have, you know, a billion dollars to go trade. Hey, Bank of America, I want to buy a thousand of your mortgages at a discount. No, we have to wait till it trickles down the little guys. And the beauty of this is what's left over. We're still making amazing returns, great returns. And they are backed by the first lien position of a house itself. So the collateral of this paper that you would be buying at a discount is a house in and of itself which I love. Absolutely. That's the best part is you have mm-hmm. the house back as your, um, and you're, you're in first lien position, which is even better. And that meaning Absolutely. that you, you have first precedent over if they were to default or to sell or whatever the case may be, and you get paid off first. So yeah, yeah. that's the best, that's the best part. I love that part. Now there so, are other branches you could buy second and third But as far as myself and my investors, I like to take the less risk approach. And so I always typically get into the first lien position. So I don't suggest getting into others until you become far more advanced. And even at that, I don't buy second and third liens, other lien positions, just because I'd like to have the first right of the house. Mm -hmm. Well, I totally agree. Well, of course, I don't know anything about second. Well, I know what second and third position are, but... Um, you know, I would, if I was going to do it, I would want first lien position for sure, because mm-hmm. that just, for that sure. just, you get, you get, you know, it's you. So that's the best part about it. So like what, where do they come from? I mean, banks, yes, but how do people even know about them? It's just through, you know, finding out people like you and um, those kind of things. Or how do people know about these notes? Because I had no idea until I was referred to you. And I mean, I've heard of tax liens, I've heard of, you know, short sales and all those kind of things, but I've never heard, I had never heard of buying mortgage notes until last year when I talked to you for the first time. For sure. And I had never heard of it before I talked to the person who introduced me to notes in the same liking. And one of the very first things that I I call him my mentor now at this point, he told me to do is, hey, you know what, go to Google and see what you can find on your own. And so it sent me off on a journey to Google and search and look and dig deep. And really, I I almost want to call it the good old boys club. Like these are inter-intra-traded between people that have deep pockets. So I happen to have been introduced to somebody that got me into the space. And so funny enough, a lot of the notes that I actually buy, they come from a hedge fund and the hedge fund 
allows me to gain access to it. And I don't have some sort of really pretty website of most times to be able to just go and pick out casually which one I want. And I've got this insider secret trading login. I actually just get a spreadsheet and I get an Excel document that says, here's the list we'd be willing to give you. You can buy one or you can buy a hundred type of a thing. And uh, so I tell people, go find them. See, see what you could find. You may find a few here and there, but I like the fact that I, the, the safe places where I get mine, they kind of have to go through me. But I, I, there have been a few websites out there and for some reason they don't, they're not around anymore. I'm not sure where they went. Uh, so it's really like, if you want to do this, you find the right person who's going to help you vet and help you do your due diligence and help make sure that all those documents are in a row so that way you can buy the right kind of asset that works for you um, versus you just trying to go at it on your own and wing it, right? Mm-hmm. Which we've, mm-hmm. you know, winging it in real estate can, can cause us a big, big loss in our pocket. <laughs> oh, boy. Can it ever. So tell me about um, exactly, so if somebody comes in and buys a note, you become you become the bank because you're technically not the landlord now. You're the bank. And so I think a lot of times people might have it in their head that they're still a landlord, but technically they're not. So talk to us a little bit about that because at first I'm like, oh, I don't. At first it took me a little bit to get it because I'm like, well, if I'm the bank, if there's something wrong with the house, who do they call? You know what I mean? Because I'm the typical, I have the typical landlord mentality. So talk to us a little bit about that of how they go about doing that. Oh, that's great. So the process usually entails figuring out which assets meet the risk criteria of your portfolio. Do we want to buy in this state or this state or do we want, and I like being able to weigh those, those risks, but at the same time, Stepping into this note, you get to um, step into the shoes of the original agreement when that uh, note was formed. So let's say someone agreed five years ago, I want to buy a house in Kansas, and we agreed to pay for the house, which back in the day, five years ago, could have been $40,000, right? And they've been making current active payments for five years, and that original agreement is recorded, and all those documents are in the physical ink it was closed on, and that packet and portfolio is the physical paperwork that is now being sold off. And there's a a one-page document that you get to fill out that says, hey, I am now going to be stepping in the shoes of that original lender. So you're not actually going to a closing because you don't own the house. You're stepping into the shoes and the rights and taking over the existing payments that were already agreed upon. So this is a part of why due diligence is so important because if there's something goofy or the paperwork wasn't done right, you want to make sure that you have your rights to, uh, if the person starts not paying, right? We can even go down that alley in a little bit, but the nice and nice part of thinking it is, okay, the last time that you were making your mortgage payment, making your mortgage payment to your, to your um, lender, you had maybe potentially a plumbing problem that happened in your house, Right. Well, did you call your bank? Did you call Bank of America and say, hey, my, my plumbing is not working right? No. And that is how this works over here. So you are buying a mortgage and the person that is paying this mortgage is a homeowner. So they're not going to be calling you and they're not going to be calling the company that's servicing these documents to collect the funds for you and deposit them right in your bank account because they are a homeowner. Now, they're 
can be cases where they would call because maybe they need to miss a payment, like what's going on right now. But the likelihood of that tends to be a lot lower because when we're doing our due diligence, I like to buy properties where the mortgage was so much cheaper than it was for them to actually leave their home and go rent somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So they want to stay in their home because it's the cheapest payment that they have. And that's why I also like buying in the Midwest. I just went all over the place, but I'll, I'll leave it right that's there. That's okay. We love the Midwest anyways, you know, so that's because that's based, where I'm based out of. But we only have a, like a minute until break anyway, so that actually is a good place to stop. And because when we come yeah. back, I really want to get more into that. I just think it's, it's so um, intriguing. I really do. I think the, um, the whole aspect of it is so intriguing because, again, I have, you know, I have the mentality that if I'm, if I, own this house over here, like my neighbor's house. Say, I, I bought my neighbor's house. I've got renters in there, and all of a sudden they're mad, and you know, plumbing has went down. I'm like, well, okay, so we take care of it. But in this aspect, I'm like, oh, hands off, sister. I don't have to do a thing, you know, unless right. unless you know a payment or something uh, happens. So when we come back after break, we're going to talk more about this because. It is so intriguing to me, and I know a ton of people are listening, so I appreciate that as well because this is so, it's such a different concept, and that's what I like about it. Right. And Tiffany's Tiffany's website is thankfulinvesting.com, or you can always contact me, and I can send you over to Tiffany as well. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. I have a special offer just for listeners of Go For It. Learn how to maximize your business through the art of a mastermind. Being in a mastermind group can help propel you farther in life and business. Plus, you can also help others in their life and business. A mastermind group is defined as a peer-to-peer mentoring concept used to help members solve their problems with input and advice from the other group members. Since you are listening to the show, there is a place for you in my next mastermind group. For more information, visit johosman.com. Are you tired of being just the status quo? Are you tired of not earning what you are worth? Most of my clients have fear to blame for that. Overcoming fear and feeling empowered helps navigate you to becoming your better self. As one of my clients says, Joe, you are a shining light in a dark world. Wow, that says a lot. Let's get you going to becoming your better self and recognizing when fear and obstacles come into your life. We all have fear and we need to overcome it in order to go for it. Let's help propel you to live your best life. Contact me at johosman.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Go For It. To reach Joe Hausman with a comment or question about the show, please send an email to joe at johausman.com. That's J-O at johausman.com. Now, back to Go For It. Welcome back to Go For It. This is Joe with my wonderful guest, Tiffany Alexander. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about buying mortgage notes today, and Tiffany is an expert at this, and actually this is her business. And right before break, she was talking to us about the advantages and basically what it is, really, and how you're not a landlord. Oh, my gosh, I'm like, that just inspires me right there to not be a landlord. So I just also, and if you have questions for the show, I'd love to have you call in for this live show, and that is one 866 472 Five seven eight eight, or else you can also text text me a question. And I do have a note from Linda, and she says, "You guys are so interesting and informative. Thank you so much. I'm listening as I mow before it rains." Hi, Tiffany. <laughs> so there you go. We are. Hi. Yeah, that's awesome. So before break, we are talking about basically what is a mortgage note and how we don't have to be a landlord when we're doing it because landlords get tired, right? I mean. And we just never know what's going to be happening. So how else can you help people with this? I mean, I know the stock market right now is, and I'm not going to get into it, but I mean, it's kind of a roller coaster ride right now. So tell us more about how, what's the advantages of doing this? So uh, that's, that's great because I, I am still that slightly analytical person. I mean, I did go to college for engineering despite me not finishing it. That's how I think, but. I like diversifying my portfolio. So this is just one more avenue that you could throw into the direction of funds that you want to do, whether you're directing funds in your actual physical business, your, your retirement funds. You can even do this in HSAs, in IRAs, like self-directed IRAs, self-directed 401ks. And with this, it seems to be, whenever I'm running my numbers and calculating it, that if I'm looking at savings accounts or I'm looking at a CD, a high-yield savings account, or I'm looking at, you know, these average run-of-the-mill rates of returns even in the stock market, or heck, whenever I boil down the numbers on my actual returns on my rentals, this seems to always outpace that and always beat those numbers. So whenever I start working with clients like one-on-one, I say, hey, what are you doing? Let's figure out a way that we can find a note that would be far less risk than what you're in right now, such as a roller coaster stock market. Who knows what we're going to wake up to every day with this. And then also, like, do, don't we want stronger returns than we can just have our money laying around in our bank or waiting around for uh, retirement, right? So I, I do like that this is just one more direction of diversifying. Now, instead of me keeping all my rentals, I did choose to pick note investing as my source of diversifying and then branched it off from there. So I do certain levels of performing notes and certain levels of notes they call non-performing, which is when people stop paying their mortgage, which is going to become a huge thing. But luckily they're saying, hey, don't file foreclosure, hang on to them. So there are wide different variety of areas where you could even diversify within notes itself. So it kind of just depends on where you want to go, what direction you would need to head your risk tolerance and the rates of return that we're trying to get for you. And uh, I guess, I I guess just what, what would be a best fit? Do we need a stream of payments? Right. Um, And, and not have those tenants and toilets is really the best thing. Cause whether you think about it or not, there are going to be a lot more tired landlords. If you were one, I didn't think I was a tired landlord, but when I wrote it all out, like, man, I really do have some tenants that are amazing. Some tenants are not so amazing. And some properties that are newer and some properties that are not newer and I'm having roof problems, right? So 
I didn't know it, but even in my thirties, I was a tired landlord. I was tired of the, the in and out problems that kept cropping up. Right. <laughs> so this was mm-hmm. a way to, to get out of that and just deal with paper. Well, and I do have a question too. Troy is listening and he says, ask her, how are you responsible for insurance and taxes then? That is a great question. So a lot of these, when they're originated, they do like to escrow them in, which just means as you make your monthly payment, you don't owe once or twice a year your taxes and insurance payment yourself. They would prefer that you have put it into a smaller monthly payment that's manageable. And that is the, the escrow pays it out for you with the servicing company. Now, that's not always the case, but those are the types of things that we look for in our due diligence. So that means I got to check and make sure, hey, has this person paid their taxes recently, right? Has this person paid their insurance? Do they have insurance on it? And those are some of the things that you need to be on high alert for to make sure there's no bumpy problems moving into your first note or your multiple notes thereafter. So as as the as you own the mortgage note, you do so I if I own the mortgage note, I would not have to go out and take take insurance out on that property. I would not have to pay the taxes. That's the property owner's responsibility because I'm just the bank. Is that right? Typically, yes. There are some extreme instances where you would have to put a certain type of policy on it, and that is to protect your asset because you have vested interest in the collateral to your paper that is owed to you is the house itself. So that's where we come into like, all right, there's this or this or this option that we need to look at. And a lot of times if we're looking at just really hands-off style of investment, we're going to look at buying a note specifically that's had a smooth track record. So that way we can know going into it like, hey, unless something crazy happens, this person has a great payment history, they have their taxes and insurance escrowed in, and we're not looking for a specific uh, up and down roller coaster ride with their payment history and them not paying their taxes, unless we want to get into something like that on purpose. Okay, because he's asking now, would you put your own liability on it, like your own liability insurance? There are occasions when you'd want to and occasions when you don't need to. And so it's really case by case basis and sometimes even state by state, county by county. Oh, sure. So we have to look at every single one and make that decision. That's why you want to have somebody like me looking over this entire process. So you don't have to figure all that stuff out. Because I know when you and I talked before and we were looking for, and, you know, based on my risk tolerance, based on what I'd feel comfortable with, you know, it takes you a while to find it. And it's, you know, it's just, you know, it just takes a while. And, you know, you've got for me, I'm, I'm waiting for that, just that right one to come along and possibly we might have found it, but we just never know. But again, yeah, it really depends on what you feel comfortable with and, or what the property, what the property needs and want, you know, you need on it. So what would be, um, let's get into this. What would be like an entry price point? What, what is like a typical mortgage note? Is it a hundred thousand? Is it 50,000? Is it 5,000? I mean, what's kind of a, typical entry point into it? That's a great question. Due to the fact that mortgages, obviously we know they can go all the way down from very, very little all the way up to uh, endless, right? (laughs) So 
the reason why a lot of these mortgages were created and the ones that I find that I'm purchasing from uh, like the contacts that I have with hedge funds is because they were originated due to the restrictions that were put on banks to be able to originate mortgages under 75000 because of the Dodd-Frank. So that means it was way more expensive for them to even create a loan than it was they, they would have not made a profit to have created a mortgage under 75000 And a lot of homes in the Midwest are decent blue-collar neighborhoods, brick, cute, three-twos, that all are under 75000 So these hedge funds stepped in and became the bank for all of these homeowners. And so what happened is these notes are now accessible to be able to kind of step in the shoes of, the, of what this hedge fund created. But as far as the price goes, I find our sweet spot to be under 75000 That's where I'm getting great returns. And that is due to the fact that, you know, the banks couldn't create them. So an entry point, we have to decide, all right, do you want to spend what I like is even better of a sweet spot, like $30,000, dollars $50,000, because that home is going to be worth more than that. And the neighborhood's probably going to be a little bit nicer. But can I find properties that are in the 10, 15, 20, 25,000 range? Absolutely. We're just looking at maybe a decent city that's in maybe a middle to lower end. I don't want to go low, low end because I don't want to take the home back, right? So there are price ranges that I like to stick with that are 20, 30, 40, 50,000 range. And if we have the ability to put more funds into it, we can get into the seventy, eighty thousand dollar range, but I have I have access to assets that go down to that far, go up to that far. And if I could break it up and we had to put a hundred somewhere, let's do let's do three notes. Let's do three notes at thirty three thousand ish a peach a piece. And that way we've got three different streams of income coming in from three different assets. Uh, just to break it up just a little bit. Yeah. And that and that is kind of nice. Then you have the different um Different assets. So now he's asking a question, but uh, the mortgage would not be lien free. He said, "How do you find out if the mortgage is lien free?" Oh, lien. Yeah, I'm sorry. Liens against it. You do a title search, don't you? Absolutely. So yeah. again, in our due diligence, what we would do is well, typically the the great great companies that I'm buying my assets from for myself and for my clients, there has been a full title search that's gone up until the point that has. Uh, the asset has come into their hands. So I actually just go and order just that specific amount of time of title search to make sure that there have been no additional liens because liens can range from a water lien, a a city lien, a tax lien, um, a maintenance lien, a contractor's lien. So I want to make sure there's no other rights that are starting to incur to that property and we have other problems that are going to crop up due to them maybe starting to miss a payment down the road. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I, I thought that you, I read his question wrong at the beginning, but yeah, I figured you did a title search on everything that, to make sure, because yeah, you don't want, you want the title free and clear um, when you're getting, do you ever buy any that have liens on it? So, well, we are the first lien, so we're making sure that, to, and it's and it's your strategy that we're going into it with. So, uh, I have strategies most of the time that want really low risk, low hands-off, low effort that are getting great solid returns that just want to have a one lien on the paper, you know, and the collateral is the house, and that's it. And then there are some that have 
they're they're perf- they're problem child, right? Yeah. They've got a tax lien. They've also got a water lien. They've got all this lien, and they're they're in trouble. On and we are trying to be the problem solver for them. So you can buy those notes also on purpose and be that have a main strategy for you to go and help them out or work out that. Or if you need to, it comes down to it. The worst case scenario is filing foreclosure and taking the hold back. And I love that when we look at what is the worst case scenario we can think up, and that's getting the house back. Yeah, And that's right. why we buy exactly. these notes at a discount in the first place. Because when we buy them at a discount, we're actually buying it with an equity. The home is worth a little more despite the home values going down. We're still getting a ton of equity because these notes are several years positive payment history at this point that we're walking into. So, uh, so let's jump into that then. So if we, cause that's a risk. If somebody decides not to pay, although we've done our due, you've done your due diligence. I've done my due diligence. I'm just going to use me as an example, even though I haven't bought one yet, I'm seriously thinking about it, but so, and then six months to a year down the road, they decide can't make the payments. You know, we've lost our jobs, whatever the case may be, they're sick, whatever. And then, so we, I have to foreclose on them. Then each state, of course, is different depending on what their foreclosure um, procedures are because each state, some you can stay in the house longer, some you can't. But you still, as that mortgage holder, you still own that. You still own that property, but you just have to go through the whole foreclosure process to get them out. Is that right? Yeah, and that would be absolute worst case scenario because there are several scenarios that can happen even before we hit the foreclosure proceeding part of it. So if someone misses a payment, you can actually renegotiate with them. You don't physically do this. I say you, 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 but really I have my servicing companies do all this for for me. So I'm sending an email. When I say hands off, I really mean hands off. I'm not. That's what I want. That's homeowner. what I want right there. Hands off. <laughs> I love it. Because I'm not going to be calling a homeowner. I don't know how to negotiate this or what the rule or law is in their city, right? So I have someone that reaches out to them, and they're the ones that are already servicing the active paper for them, meaning they're collecting the payments. And they've got a pretty little website that says, hey, so-and-so owns your mortgage, and this is where you're going to pay, and we're the the company that's that's doing that for you. Now, the moment they miss a payment, there's already already, uh, things that are in line that are taking place, like, hey, they're calling them, hey, you missed your payment, can we help you out, what's the deal, can we set something up? And there are criteria that they are going to work with that is sort of whatever works in their state and their city, but also whatever you give them. Mm-hmm. So if I say, hey, I'd like to help them out, I'd like to, let's, can we hire a workout company and have them restructure the entire mortgage and we can lower it 50 bucks a month, right? Or you can throw out anything you could think up and that could be a, a solver of the problem of what is happening in this mortgage. Because do we really want to take the house back? I'm not sure. Is that your strategy? Is that what we went into it for? Typically, if somebody is making great payments, we just kind of want them to pay again. We want them to keep their house. Now, my other interesting part of this is statistic-wise, people move every seven to eight years. So I didn't necessarily even buy this note hoping to get 30 years of mortgage payments. It's actually going to cash out sooner than later. So when I buy it at a discount, the actual rate of return is going to go up when they move every seven to eight years or they refinance. So the worst case scenario in this part could even still be a very good case scenario if we had to get all the way from they don't they don't want to make a payment again, they don't want to do something like um, 
gosh, we could go into cash for keys, right? Hey, you, you move out and I'll, I'll pay you to move out. Yeah. Or right, you, right, right. you do a deed in lieu of foreclosure, yeah. right? Like you sign this paper away and you walk away and I'm not going to put foreclosure on your credit. So we can even avoid foreclosure and those fees entirely. Or if we get to the point where like, okay, we have to move forward with the proceedings and we need to file a full foreclosure on you. I still am sending one email out and all of that stuff gets done for me. That's phenomenal. And we do have like a minute and a half until break. I just want to let you know that. So that's that because the servicing company takes care of that. And then they report everything to the credit bureau, right? Um, for that, um, for that owner of the house. Yes. Cause you, yes. you don't have to do anything. Yeah. They just, they do it on, but it also will show on the credit. So yeah. So you're also wanting to protect that homeowner possibly from bad credit, right? Because you want them to succeed. You want them to pay that mortgage. And, you know, right. the worst thing, I mean, after the 2008 crash, oh my gosh, I mean, I, unfortunately, we had several um, rentals at that time, thankfully got out of them, but it's, it's very, very, very daunting, very daunting. And it's, um, yeah, it can be a headache. So, but when we come back after break, that's really interesting. I see I have maybe one or two more questions too in my queue on my text. So we want to get to those as well. But ladies and gentlemen, isn't this uh, phenomenal? I just, I just, oh, I see I could listen to this. I could listen to Tiffany talk all day about this. Now I just need to go and take action is what I need to do. So Tiffany, when we come back after break, we're really going to delve, like we're uh, going to be on our last segment, which we could talk forever, but um, delve into the, how people get in contact with you, what are the next steps, all those type of things, and then we'll get to the questions in the queue. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after break. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Are you tired of being just the status quo? Are you tired of not earning what you are worth? Most of my clients have fear to blame for that. Overcoming fear and feeling empowered helps navigate you to becoming your better self. As one of my clients says, Joe, you are a shining light in a dark world. Wow, that says a lot. Let's get you going to becoming your better self and recognizing when fear and obstacles come into your life. We all have fear and we need to overcome it in order to go for it. Let's help propel you to live your best life. Contact me at joehosman.com. I have a special offer just for listeners of Go For It. Learn how to maximize your business through the art of a mastermind. Being in a mastermind group can help propel you farther in life and business. Plus, you can also help others in their life and business. A mastermind group is defined as a peer-to-peer mentoring concept used to help members solve their problems with input and advice from the other group members. Since you are listening to the show, there is a place for you in my next mastermind group. For more information, visit joehosman.com. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Go For It. To reach Joe Hausman with a comment or question about the show, please send an email to Joe at JoeHausman.com. That's J-O at JoeHausman.com. Now back to Go For It. 
Welcome back to Go For It. This is Joe and my wonderful guest, Tiffany Alexander. We are talking about buying mortgage notes, which Tiffany has been doing and helping thousands of people have done it. So that's why I'm really interested in her and I are working out a couple of things ourselves right now. But one more question. And then um, I know there's a few things we want to get into as well. And um, so kind of going back to uh, right before break, uh, Troy asked again, in the worst case scenario of eviction, do you run into issues of getting the occupants removed? That is a great question. That is going to almost bring me back to the beginning of this, meaning when we talk about the word mortgage note, I'm actually covering a blanket of different types of notes because there are land contracts, there are deed trusts, there are, there are notes, there are mortgage notes, there are a lot of different terms that all really mean the same thing. It's a contract, a certain number of payments to agree to have this person in their home and how they're going to be the full homeowner once those payments are completed. Now, everything, of course, is paperwork up beautifully and needs to be done accurately and legally. And so when we get to the point where they start missing payments, there are very specific things that need to happen. And if that is in the case where it starts to go into foreclosure or it starts to go into some sort of land contract, uh, like a basically the, the person gets to the point where you no longer own the home, right? I've taken the home back and the home now belongs to me. It's a bank-owned property, right? A lot of counties, whenever you get to that point, it actually is just like almost a, a sheriff sale. So they, they come in and they leave a note on the door, hey, you have to be out. And one of the most recent cases of the um, foreclosures that I had to follow through with and had to take the home back, literally the sheriff showed up on the door and they remove all of their belongings and they ordered a dumpster and everything got put on the front of the house and they changed the locks and the, the, uh, the person was evicted by the sheriff himself. So I don't have any problems with having me to physically show up and do this. There's always a company or there's always a county or there's always something that is a customary set of procedures that we're going to follow and we're going to let them do what they do best. So I don't have problems with it. It's just now that if you want to get to that point where we now own a vacant home, we have to decide what our next plan of action is. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's just it, you know, and if, you know, that's just the cost of doing business too. And, you know, if you're going to own one there, there's always that risk, right? So, and as you call it, you call it a calculated risk. So it's just the way it is. All right. So let's talk about, um, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about loan to value and that kind of stuff. So, and that basically getting good, you know, basically good returns on your money, but is that why most people get into this is because of that? Or why is it they mostly get into this? That's a great question. And I feel like if somebody would have stumbled upon this note space in the world of investing this way, they found it most likely through a referral or through a seminar they heard, right? Or through a number of different methods. And, and the reason why they see this as a good fit is due to the lower approach of the risk, the typically higher returns that you would get if your money was just sitting somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about like investment to value, we're talking about what is the cost that we've decided to commit our funds 
according to the value of the home itself. So we want to see a lower investment to the value, those, those ratios. And then also when we're checking out the actual mortgage itself, because we're buying it at a discount, mm-hmm. we're looking at the loan that they own according to the value of the home itself. So I want those numbers also to be low because the lower they owe, the lower percentage. We owe so many, you could say as a real estate investor, how many cents on the dollar, right? Like if they owe a $100,000 home and they only owe 50000 on it, they have 50% loan to the value of the home or 50 cents on the dollar that they owe on it. So that's why I like looking at numbers and percents and our, our risk is even better calculated because even if we're looking at a $100,000 home and they owe 50 cents on the dollar, 50%, $50,000 loan, what if in the next coming years that house is now worth 100 or it's not worth 100 anymore, it's worth 90 or it's worth 80? Well, that's still a great number. They only owe $50,000 on something that's now not worth 100, it's worth 90. So when I assess my risk to move into something, I'm taking into consideration the market could go down a little bit right now. It could go down a lot of it. And so that's why these values and these ratios are important to me when deciding which note to move into for myself or for any client. So let me ask you, because uh, maybe you talked about but I might have missed it. But So the interest rate, do they pay, so if I was to get one, would they pay me the same interest rate that they're paying their regular mortgage like if they have Wells Fargo and they're paying, you know, 5%, would they pay me 5% as well? Yes. So how that works oh. is you are just taking over the exact position in the agreement that was originated when their house was purchased. Okay. So if you got a 5% interest rate, you would then take over that uh, number of payments left over, the um, agreement of any late fees, the agreement of what the amount is going to be. None of those terms of the deal change, but that loan itself or that paper itself has the right to have a different owner of it and to collect those payments. Right, right, right. Okay. And then the servicing company takes care of all the documents like the note and the deed and all that. Typically they, they do. And it is, it is something you can do but it's something that I don't like to do because I like to make sure that someone that knows this even better than I is taking care of it for me. So they will house it typically um, if you want to send it their way. And really every time you sign a full on mortgage payment and you sit with that notary and they're notarizing those 45 or 85 pieces of paper to close on your house, that bank really does take that huge stack of paper with your original signature and they go put it in a file folder And that paper is completely the one that gets sold off if they want to sell the position that they're in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One more question from Troy. He's asking, what kind of return on these can a person expect? I know you probably don't want to be specific. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, And the way I like to answer that question is, it's going to depend on how much involvement you want to be be in with this note. So if you want to go hunt and find the note, or maybe you can go find a homeowner that originated a mortgage, and you can negotiate kind of what your your price is going to be, and that's going to determine your rate of return. In notes, we, talk, we like to talk about the word yield. Oh, sure. Yep. Whereas if they have already been sold from a bank to a bank to a hedge fund, 
and the hedge fund sold it to another hedge fund and they're willing to sell one at a time or 10 at a time to myself or a client of mine, I look to look for the notes that are in certain areas, certain states, certain number of payments, and that hands-off approach, if I'm doing all the work, some of that kickback is going to go to me and some of it's going to go right to you as the note owner. And so I know I can usually beat out something like a, a savings account, a stock market, uh, even even some low, low rentals. I, I know that giving rates of return is something that isn't something I, I should be able to do on the radio, right? But yep, absolutely. Um, I do know if we look at each investment and we're looking down a list of how many of these we want to get into, we're going to be able to look right across the dotted line and see, okay, this one will give me this return. This one will give me this yield. This one will give me this. And that's your annual return based on your initial investment. I just know the numbers are great. <laughs> they're not, yeah. they're not well, low by all an- means. Yeah, exactly. And I know you can't give, you know, because each case is different, right? So each, each right. Um, purchase is different. And I, and I totally understand that. So, and that's the, um, that's the best part about it. Cause it just depends on how much you want to be. See, for me, this is how I am. Cause I'm a little bit more conservative that way. I would get into the little one or little one. I would get into one with more hands off and then really see how it goes. And then once mm-hmm. I felt, you know, I'd be like, okay, now I can get into more. Now that's not, that's me. Other people might be like, no, I want to do more of it. I want to get really involved and that's great too. So whatever your investing philosophy is, that's the best part about this. You can be as hands-on as you want, or you can be as hands-off basically as you want. And that's the one thing I loved Mm -hmm. about this as well, because it's just so dynamic. And then there's just so many different revolving parts with it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, Tiffany, and if this I is, was to say, what's your wish list? Everybody's going to want a super high yield, very low risk, and no involvement, right? So, yeah. I do know going into that, that's everyone's wish list, and we try to see as much of that as we can conquer as possible. It's just the more hands-off you want it to be, it's going to be a smidge lower than you just going out and conquering your very own flip, your very own rental, your very own investment, right? So, I'm doing all that work for you. Right. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, you've been, we've been talking for a year more <laughs> and we, uh, she's still looking and we kind of took a break. I know last summer, last fall, whenever it was. And then now with everything going on, we're kind of back at it. But, uh, so I thank you for that. Cause you have really, you know, done your diligence with me and really, you know, been, been, um, patient, patient with me. And so Troy says, Thank you, Tiffany. Appreciate your advice. That was really helpful. So there you go. Oh, thank you. Yes. So we only have a few minutes left until the end of the show. And uh, what I always ask my guest is if there's anything, you know, if there's anything you can think of. I know there's so much stuff we didn't even cover that we wanted to cover, but we were just... (laughs) That's just how it is sometimes with the show, and we'll definitely have to have you back on. But, you know, if you can leave my worldwide audience with some last parting advice, that would be fantastic. Oh, I did not expect to answer this. So let's see. Um, <laughs> That's the best part. Sure you just come up with <laughs> that. And I've come up with something, right? I, I like the, the advice that actually my own husband gave me, and he said, don't try to force something that you keep, just keep trying to make happen and make happen. Maybe that's the world telling you that it shouldn't happen. So whenever you're getting into a note, it should be hopefully an easy, a simple process. There's going to be stuff you won't know, and that's why you hire an expert to do it for you. But it should, 
should all just work out, right? I mean, not always, but you you should know and you should have this level of comfort to be able to move forward with this. And if you're ever not comfortable, we need to assess why. We need to figure out what's going on or we need to give a little more education. We need to see, see what we need to do to help figure out so that this is going to be the next comfortable move for you. But don't get me wrong. It was outside of my comfort zone and I grew more comfortable with it because I had the right people that were able to guide me, coach me, mentor me into my very first few deals. And then I was able to start helping clients into deals like this. So I think just it should work out the way it should work out. And we're not going to force anything. Um, And I like to be able to assess your risk and calculate what it is you need to get out of this and and park it somewhere safe for you. And and I'm not even supposed to say safe. Let's say lower risk. (laughs) Park it somewhere with a a first lean position, right? Don't don't be getting this crazy high risk stuff and go buy oil real low right now in the stock market. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for being on the show today. And we'll definitely have to have you back on again because there's so much more we could talk about. And so to go to Tiffany's website, it is thankfulinvesting.com. And there her contact information is on there. You can also email me, joe at joehosman.com. And then I can also send you over to her. And then, you know what? Tiffany, my goodness, so, I mean, my head is just like spinning, but I'm also, I've, you know, I've heard a lot of it already, but I'm so excited for it. So you and I will definitely be talking and talking real soon, actually. So ladies and gentlemen, as always, I want you to reach your full potential of becoming bigger, better, bolder, and stronger with each and every day. So again, you can go to my website as well, and you can download that free, uh, The Power of a Positive Mindset. You just put in your name and email, and that free download is all yours. It's a seven steps you can start today to a happy have a positive mindset. And always remember, you are stronger than what you give yourself credit for. So go out and be great today. Be great always. And along the way, show some kindness and love wherever you go. Be a blessing to others. We never know what other people are going through, right? So give a smile and it can just help cheer up somebody's day. And have a great week. God bless. And we'll see you here next week along uh, with another exciting guest. Take care. Thank you for listening to Go For It. Be sure to come back next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Joe Hausman, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great day and an even better week.